Coming up on this week's episode of the Big Footy Podcast, the AFL clubs have been given charge of their own ticket prices, the Adelaide Oval deal is finally done, and the AFL Coaches Association is trying to negotiate a broadcast deal. All that and more, coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast. I am the Wookie. With me tonight, I have Seppo from the Fremantle Board. Good evening and great to be here. And joining us tonight, a man rumoured to be the newest member of the Illuminati. Uh, Mike, good evening. (laughs) (laughs) Good evening, guys. Um, Good to be on the show, and yes, that's right now. Just beware, Messenger, I am on the Illuminati, so I have more power than you. So suffer in your jocks. Speaking of Messenger, he won't be here tonight. We, we're not sure why, but oh, uh, it's uh, very slack of him. And uh, no prosecutor this week, so uh, we'll be discussing the merits of Zaharakis being... Uh, well, you, you know where prosecutor is, don't you? He's getting ready for the game. He's been called up for the S17. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, messenger is uh, run out of hall so I think you have to bait the local uh, Safeway store to or uh, Wally store sorry to stock up on some more Horlicks Prosec- Prosecutors pulling on the jumper to play G- GWS this weekend that's how much of a threat they are <laughs> yeah, Absolutely <laughs> Tim and Zacharakis that's who uh, Getting into the news this week and we have things to talk about uh, the AFL's Coaches Association trying to uh, pull their own broadcasting deal, apparently. Uh, the AFL stomped that down. Apparently, they were very advanced. Uh, no one had told the AFL until about a week ago. And the Coaches Association wanted to do joint uh, press conferences after games, which would have been interesting and possibly a world first. <laughs> but um, Mick Malthouse flatly wants nothing to do with it apparently uh, Nathan Buckley nothing to do with it so it'd be like these um, coaches of like the Bulldogs and North Melbourne and Carlton yeah. no 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 Carlton coach no, wants nothing I know, to do with I know. it well he's only pretend coach but come on no look they're right they're right I mean it's it's like the old uh, boxing press conference isn't it you get yeah. the boxers staying up to each other chest to chest puffing <laughs> chests and you know I'm better than you I'm better than you the worst thing about it, you wouldn't just get honest answers from the coaches because you get more out of them individually and saying what they uh, like without the other people there. But it's sort of gimmicky. Like just the, the way they uh, you know, turn turn the uh, camera towards the you know Mark Stevens and the like there and the uh, asking the questions and it's just a bit funny. I don't know what they're trying to make out of it. I'm not sure well, you actually. They're trying get to they're trying to make money out of it. Out of it. It's, tr- it's ridiculous. It's, it's about money, Seppo. They, the AFL Coaches Association uh, chief executive there, Mark Brayshaw, he's decided that uh, the Coaches Association is too reliant on AFL funding, um, which they do get, like the Players Association. But the Coaches Association wants its own revenue stream, so it can be classes more independent, a worthy goal in some ways. But broadcasting rights, especially in uh, when it comes to post-match con- press conferences, that's something that the AFL considers very much its own ballywick. 
There's a word for the day, kids. Ballywick. Go, go look that up. Um, Shortly they'll own all the content and they can't sort of broker their own deal with the, the AFLCA well, that, and, and Fox Footy to... It's a, slippery, it's a slippery slope to go down because what's to stop the Players Association from having their own press conferences then? Mm. Or the Umpires Association, all of which are funded by the AFL now at the moment. that is something I'd love to see. The umpires get thrown under the mics and, and explain <laughs> all their calls at the end of the day. Well, and even just you know, take it over to the fans, get the fans involved as well, yeah. and just have a bake session afterwards. Of all, of all the groups that aren't doing it, and the least reliant on AFL funding, you'd you'd think the AFL Umpires Association would be it, because they're 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 not full time umpires, and they could probably use the extra cash. But um, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's a bizarre thing, and the the AFL has pretty much understandably shot that down uh, in flames today. But yeah, so that that was a, a fun fun little moment today. Uh, Daniel Zaharakis has been picked by Essendon, another one of the 2012 list, to uh, obviously not be under provisional suspension. And he is nominated to play this weekend. thought that was uh, interesting, in a way. They're slowly naming everyone. There's going to be no one left. They're going to have a list of, uh, was it 22 or 34, whatever they had initially named, or however many is left at the club. It's cat's going to be out of the bag and everyone's going to know. At some point, they're going to run out of players and <laughs> it's it's going to be, well, these guys are obviously suspended. So, <laughs> And there was talk about even just suspensions. It sounds like it's going to be two weeks, but they're, they're saying it's not finalised, but this is what we're starting to see come out. And it just makes sense that all their uh, suspensions, if they are going to happen, that it's all done and dusted by the... Uh, old Danzac Day match which is um, just going to be quite convenient which I can see it going that way I can see it going that way well, and Messenger did predict that as well it'd be an embarrassment for the AFL if they couldn't work around something that, that uh, didn't make it you know quick and painless as possible mm. to Adelaide now the Adelaide Oval deal has been finalised uh, all parties reportedly happy with the deal Sandful keeping all the money from this year, but then uh, distributing money next year. Uh, clubs will share 3.1 million in 2015, 4.1 million in 2016 and 17. It's understood that they'll receive uh, shares of the finals money if they play any finals in Adelaide, which isn't done in Melbourne, but is apparently done in Perth, mm. um, which I didn't know. But there you go. So apparently the main points of the agreement include rewarding clubs for driving attendances through attendance bonuses, which is what the AFL does at the MCG. Um, the higher the crowd, the higher the return of the clubs. Providing the clubs with additional reserve seating income and corporate inventory. Uh, delivering incentives for playing home finals at Adelaide Oval. And protecting the Sandfield's ability to continue to drive game development in South Australia, which I'll note is helped by $15 million in grants from the AFL. <laughs> so, there you go. One wonders how many bakers you can buy for port. <laughs> yeah. You, you just wonder what this has actually taken away from the Sandfield in terms of revenues going back to the clubs and not to them, but you just wonder what type of a cut or percentage that would have been or how much they're sort of income has been dried up by this new deal and um, let's just hope that it benefits both the uh, South Australian clubs and they can actually maximise if they get full crowds and let's say both Adelaide and Port are pushing this year for big numbers that they actually reap the benefits of the new deal. 
Yeah, it's 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 quite interesting, especially when you compare it to uh, other stadiums that are still being going, and when you bear in mind that the Waffles still haven't negotiated their a new deal with uh, the new stadium that's coming up, and uh, they may well end up not having that peppercorn rent that they're used to at uh, at whatever the stadium is called today. Domain. Domain. Thank oh, you. Still call it Subiaco. <laughs> it's always Subiaco to me. But also up at Carrara, where they have the whole sinking fund thing, which the SMA has at Adelaide Oval, but all the funds from that stadium go to the AFL club because of the arrangement it has with the AFL and Stadiums Queensland. It's it's all interesting. Ben Cousins has been arrested after a police chase. When is he ever going to get out of being... Uh, you know, when is he ever going to uh, wisen up, or is this just another ploy by Ben Cousins to get a bit of media spotlight? Oh. Well, as, as a Fremantle supporter, I used to laugh early on to despise across town rivals and the Eagles, and but now when you look at Ben Cousins, it's it's almost just gone beyond a joke. Now it's just a sad case, and I sort of stopped laughing at all these things every time it pops up his head. It's you know, it's a, you know, sun rises in you know the east. It's Ben Cousins causing troubles in the west. It's it just ha- happens all the time now, like a click of a... It's just, yeah, it's beyond a joke now, and it's kind of sad that, you know, he's he's a, a father, I think. He's got a young kid, and it's it's not good to see all this stuff, but, God, it's, yeah. So what was the actual uh, details of the police chase involved? Do we know what he was running from the police for? What was he uh, suspected carrying drugs or something, or...? Oh, you just wonder if it's a similar thing, avoiding the police where he uh, swam the, the river, just trying to get out of the uh, another breath test or something. Could have been over. Who knows? After failing right. to stop, the driver was arrested in the corner of Gill and Solomon Streets in Mosman Park. He confirmed the driver will appear in the magistrate's court on April the 8th. Um, so, yeah. Interesting stuff there. Uh, just on Western Australian matters, so no one can accuse us of being Victorian Focus, Seppo. Yep. Uh, the Domain Stadium management have confirmed that they will not be uh, doing what the MCG people have done and dropping food prices next year. Um, this follows Adelaide Oval and uh, Suncorp Stadium all saying the same thing. They just can't understand how it's been done. Uh, they can't understand how... Uh, it, it, there seems to be widespread bafflement amongst non-spotless uh, managed uh, caterers. At, at the whole process. Uh, the, the Domain Stadium people did say that there will be some interesting choices in food and uh, things coming to the stadium next year or this year. So while people will be paying the same price, they expect the food to be better and higher quality, which I'm sure will be news to anyone that has gone to the football at Subiaco ever. I haven't been there myself, but from... Uh... Just reading up on the forums and everyone talking about the quality of food and, and what you get there, value for money, is just probably there and amongst the facilities, just the worst probably out there in the AFL, I think, for Subiaco. So it would be great if they can just improve their quality, may not get the prices because there must be some type of rebates or brown paper bags or something happening for this deal in Melbourne. But um, at least if they can fix the quality because oh, I, I haven't had you know WA stadium food for a long time, but... You can just imagine a Chico or chicken roll with, you know, a soggy white bun and a couple of pieces in there and being cold and 
Oh yeah, just foot, footy food doesn't excite <laughs> me. But when you have a look at the new deal and and what's on offer now, Eddie had and everything like that over the last year, it's it's chalk and cheese when you compare the two. There's still no still no word on a deal at Eddie had for food um, that's supposed to be coming apparently, but I wouldn't be surprised if they pull something off along the same lines. Even though the companies are two different ones, it'll be interesting in. Yeah, that's interesting because I thought I thought I did hear something a few weeks back on it on it. He had following suit with the MCG. There's been no formal announcement yet from uh, Eddie Had management though, so we'll wait and see. I guess you think with two competing companies for future tenders and everything like that that they'd follow suit at least within you know Eddie Had and and MCG two big sort of competing companies, can't remember the names of, is it Delaware and Spotless, basically what you're looking at, those yeah, two companies. Yeah. But basically, you've got Delaware North and um, Spotless Catering, or it's Catering Arm Epicure, and Michael O'Brien, the uh, holdout there in, uh, in Queensland, so, hmm, interesting. So, here we go. Uh, NAB Challenge, uh, week Three has started tonight with um, Mitch Clark apparently uh, going to break world records for goal kicking. But before we get onto that, highlights from last week, guys. Well, I'll start off with uh, I think well, having a look at the uh, Essendon top up players was quite interesting. Even the fact that they've had to fill some jumper numbers out. I saw Clint Jones running out there in number seventy-two, which um, I can't remember. Seeing a higher number out there, I know I've seen seventy-seven was out there somewhere as well at one point. I think so. Yeah, it's just funny seeing those top-up players and the fact that St Kilda sort of disposed of them just makes you wonder. Think, gee, if there are suspensions, what it will look like for the first two rounds of the uh, clubs that get to play on a platter. Mm. <laughs> That's avert your eyes, as Messenger would say for this first two games of the year, if they are bringing in top-up players, because it just shows the class difference. They're trying to get a team together, um, and you go, yeah, these guys have previous AFL experience. Just imagine if they pulled some rookies out of the VFL to top up a side. It just shows you actually what a high-level competition it is, and a side like the Saints can still, even though that is an ab challenge and you can never take too much form out of it, but it was a highlight for my week just to see what... Replacing half a side with top-up players does. So it's um, yeah, going to be interesting if this falls into the season proper. Um, I think for me it was the St Kilda coach's comments, apparently, where he was saying that they'd never get a chance like this again. <laughs> this was it. Uh, this one win for the year. <laughs> this, was, this, this was their chance to make a difference. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on to NAB Cup Week 3. We've got uh, two more weeks, obviously, of the NAB Cup still to come. So longest preseason ever, uh, but the, I think that's because the World Cup's on and we don't have availability of the main grounds. So uh, normally it wouldn't be this long, obviously. But week three is underway, and I can tell you that Mitch Clark <laughs> has finished uh, his game off with 17 disposals at 100% efficiency, four contested marks, six goals, zero, and 166 super coach points for the night. <laughs> so, Seppo's uh, Twitter image not far off there. Of Jump on the bandwagon. People piling onto that bandwagon. <laughs> uh, and Tom Hawkins going, No, I'm not going to get a game now. 
Does so. that mean Mitch Clark's a shoe in for Super Coach and Dream Team? Does it? <laughs> Apparently <laughs> so. Apparently <laughs> so. Uh, so that game, obviously, over and done with. We won't spoil the results for you, but uh, it's gone very well for Mitch Clark for one. <laughs> so, uh, Friday night blockbuster entertainment from the Sydney Showgrounds uh, between GWS and Essendon. Uh, that should be entertaining. Essendon, of course, as mentioned, having named Zaharakis uh, included there from the 2012 list as the numbers of people we have to guess at get slowly smaller and smaller. A big sat- question for that game will be whether GWS can uh, beat Essendon by more than what the Saints did. If they're going to take it really seriously and, and show they're a decent side now, GWS, they should uh, account for the Bombers. It's going to be... Uh, well, sad state of affairs if it's a 100-point flogging and you're on, on the end of it from GWS. Well, you'd almost say that GWS would be expected to get full strength, wouldn't you? The short price odds as well. I think I heard that they're a dollar thirty to Essendon's about 4 or 5 so I'm surprised you can still bet on those games with Essendon mm. involved. <laughs> I, know, I think they're playing for some sort of Kevin Sheedy Cup or something now as well, so... Mm. Sheedy, who uh, admitted today that he probably stayed too long at Essendon before he left, apparently. Uh, in, in, in an exclusive uh, interview with Tim Watson, apparently. Saturday afternoon, Mike, the Bulldogs have Melbourne at Eureka Stadium oh, in yes, Ballarat. Again? Uh, Bal- did you say Ballarat, did you? No, I said Ballarat. I didn't say Ballarat. <laughs> Apologies to the Ballarat folks out there who might be listening to this podcast. Jeez, it's terrible tonight. Yeah, no, look, it'll be a it'll be a game, I guess. Um, I think both sides. Well, we won't be at full strength, obviously, but um, I think both sides will probably field a strong team or a strong list and uh, see what we can come up with. Um, I don't know. Look, I don't take anything from these practice matches, which is what they are glorified practice matches, but. Um, you know, obviously I want to see the Bulldogs win, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I think what's more important for these games is that we uh, we get the uh, match practice into the young kids. And no more injuries. You can't afford another key midfielder or anything like that to go down. So the winner out of this game will be the one that has uh, least injuries, I think. Well, Especially it's... considering Melbourne bought a full strength side over to face us and we copped a couple of injuries. So really they got the win there. So more game yeah. time theirs and come away with... No points, but less injuries. That's what you want from these games. Well, exactly. It's a good point, Seppo. Um, which sort of leads me on to another thing there with, with the point of injuries. It sort of comes back to bite us that, that the club uh, was, uh, in its haste, was, was quick to get rid of Cross when Cross would have been useful with um, Liberatore being out. And last year, I think Cross was in their top five for the season. So, well, finished in the top three, uh, best and fairest for the season. So, you know. And now he's on the opposite side. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, well, at least um, at least he's still playing. But, uh, yeah, no, anyway, that's what happens. And, and we move on from there. But I, I don't know. As far as the outcome is concerned, um, we lost Liberatore, what, started the second quarter or late in the first quarter. So uh, we still we still played okay last week without him. So I don't know. I, I think we'll probably get up on Melbourne, but it won't be any blowouts. It'll probably be a close game. Mm. Mm. The game isn't broadcast on uh, Foxtel or uh, Live AFL. 
So th this game will be streamed on club websites, one assumes. So check those for details. That's one of two games not broadcast this weekend. Saturday afternoon uh, at Lavington Sports Ground in Albury. Richmond will play Port Power. Um, so fun game for everyone there. The Power, I tell you, the Power, I, I watched the Power game last week um, via the stream. And it's something I want to talk about in a minute uh, in regards to the AFL broadcasting its own games. But uh, the Power were a scary scarily good at this time of the year <laughs> like they're showing wow. no, no signs of changing from last year just their handball game was probably overused but it was highly effective in the end mm. I, I was, well, it's, it's the wrong type of the year, time of the year to be scary so as long as they're scary now and not later on uh, let, let them do that mm. look you know I mean if all, all I need now really is they've got the list is uh, to have luck through the season with injuries and not uh, get, you know, hammered by injuries through the year. And and uh, they'll be back there in September again and probably either playing the preliminary final or grand final. Mm. So, so I that... think they're, I, I'm sorry, I think they're, they're definitely a, a team that's going to be uh, up there and probably a good chance of playing the grand final. Mm. Sunday afternoon, this game is sold out at Dremoyne Oval between the Swans and... Well, sorry, last I heard there was 500 tickets left yesterday uh, for the Swans and Dockers. Uh, this is 4.10pm on Sunday in New South Wales. The game isn't broadcast. It'll be streamed, Seppo. Yeah, it's, uh, this is the Gay Pride match as well. I think one of the first they're, they're putting on in the outer suburb of Sydney. So... Unfortunately, I won't be going up to this um, over in Sydney, but it's, I suppose, a good game for Freo to face a good, tough opponent. I don't really know the balance of the uh, Sydney list, but we've got some good inclusions with Sandlands and Ibbotson and Fife. Mm, I think they've got Lance Franklin playing. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah, um, no, not too sure. I mean, Messenger's <laughs> on. He'll remind me. Um, yeah, well, it's it's sort of we, we've had a couple of injuries from that first week's game, and we've thrown a couple of guys in. Um, but it's just good to see Fife play. So I'll, I'll be uh, getting by the uh, stream from the club's website to watch this one. But all I can hope for is, is like anyone would want, is just no more injuries. So um, it's going to be a interesting game against Sydney because really, when you think about it, Ross Lyon doesn't give a stuff about pre-season results and takes these games with a, a pinch of. Salt and I suppose so to Sydney. So this could be a nil or draw, or the umpires coming away with the win for a Sydney Freo pre-season game. Mm. <laughs> now it's actually interesting that the, the AFL has titled the Gay Pride game. They probably should have had it last week, shouldn't they? In in uh, lieu with the um, Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras. Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose this is the closest game they could organise it at short, short notice because I really didn't hear about this until probably two weeks ago. So they just obviously picked Sydney's home game and and whatever that made sense, mostly for the market. So it's, it probably needs to be done better next year if they're going to do that or turn it into a home and away fixture. Mm. Yeah, just while we're on the topic of, of uh, gay pride, there's been open calls in the media over the last uh, two weeks or so, although, for um, players to come out and openly profess or come out and, and, and uh, tell the world they're gay. Do you think that's a really good uh, thing to do? or? No. Not really. When you think about the, the media sort of begging for it, you think we're going a bit... The news. Who was it that called for um, players to come out and profess their um, their uh, alternative lifestyles? Do you think that's definitely going to happen in the sport or not? 
No, I think they're going to do it in their own time once it's comfortable. I don't know. You almost need someone to sort of break the ice or do it. I don't know if you ever get a current player, maybe once their career's over. Who knows? There's a lot um, of former... This is what I don't... There's a lot of former players out there, yeah. and none of them have come out. Like, no former players, no former coaches, no current players, no current coaches, no... No one has ever come out that's been associated with the sport. I, I, what if there's no one? I mean, mm. I, I understand... Really, the st- statistically, I, isn't it one in 50? Or, oh, I don't actually know what the number is, but... I understand statistics say that someone should be, but what if yeah. no one is? What if the process to get to be an AFL footballer is such that it weeds out... Not not weeds out's not the, not the right term. It's... It, it, it it, it it precludes people from progressing through in that kind of environment. Mm. I don't, Surely I, the more progressive age in the last 10 years, you'd finally get maybe one, but... But, I mean, for I no know. one to come out at all, I cannot recall an AFL footballer or former AFL footballer or former VFL footballer, for that matter, yeah. come yeah. out and say, NFL, you know whatever. what? There's, there's got to be someone out there. That, that there, there has to be someone out there in history who, who you know, for whatever reason, and that, that's their own decision, but, you know, there's got to be someone or someone out there. But I don't understand what the problem is. I mean, you know, coming out is not something easy, but just to what would, would there be any uh, harm in someone coming out now who was a past player, a past coach? How much of a difference in the game would that make? I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. And look, like I said, statistically, someone should be, and there's always rumours suggesting that someone is, but no one has ever come out. No, you know, the passage of time doesn't seem to affect people from, you know, speaking their mind on everything else. But this, apparently, it's, 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 it's I don't know. Look, I think it's going to be one of those things. It's such a touchy subject in the AFL for, for various reasons. If it is going to come out, it's not going to be for a long time yet. And if mm. not coming out because they, there might be perceptions or barriers, at least these games or whatever they're making out of it is maybe the start to, I don't yep. know, get things happening. I don't know what it needs to do, but at least it's the start actively talking about it. Mm. Mm. We're doing our part right now, guys. That's it. That's right. That's, that's exactly... Well, you guys are. I've probably just set it back a bit. Um, <laughs> not intentionally. I've got nothing against the, the idea of people coming out. I'm just honestly surprised that no one has in terms of past players, current players, future players. Just no one has come out. Ever. I, I honestly cannot recall uh, a former player of any era a former coach of any era, a current player, current co- just no one. It's it sort of it, it begs a the question then: Why would the AFL make such a fuss out of it and actually name a, a game um, for it, it? Then it probably yeah. is an issue at lower levels. That's mm. that's what I'm saying. I, I wonder if the processes that players get go through to get to be an AFL player, like uh, whether it's through the under 18s, which is you know, a fairly high-pressure system, uh, whether it's through AFL reserves or Waffle seniors or Sample seniors, the process to get through requires you to be in that environment all the time. And so maybe uh, maybe there's something going on at lower levels that prevents this from coming through or suppresses it 
in some way. And so yeah. it, po- it probably is an issue for up-and-coming people. The guy that brought this to the AFL's attention last year, he played, I think, in the Mornington Peninsula League. Mm. I, c- I could be wrong. I can't exactly remember wh- who he played for, but he felt the pressure. And I think it's it's a worthwhile issue. It's it's like uh, the rounds that we have for uh, women's round and Mother's Day round and depression round or whatever it is that we have, the Beyond Blue Cup, you know, yeah, things like I'm that. Not, I'm, I'm, the, certainly not, I'm certainly not... Uh trying to shoot down the idea it's just, there must be something there and you're right I mean look and and the problem is is that I can understand why if it is at a lower level that they wouldn't want to bring too much light on it because the worst thing they could ever do is to is to uh, you know force these kids away who who have the talent to play and you know they should be there because they can play football not because they have any impact or retribution on their sexual orientation which really is irrelevant if we're going to go overseas to Ireland and America to try and recruit players, then we need to protect the people in our own country Absolutely. That, are, uh, Absolutely. that are wanting to play the game, whatever their orientation is, whatever their sexuality. And that's why I fully uh, also support the development of a women's league, uh, which is coming up as well. Moving on to the last game of the round, though, and it, this game is sold out. Um it's the Carlton-Collingwood game at Queen Elizabeth Oval in Bendigo on Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm not not really supportive of these uh, blockbuster games in pre-seasons. It, uh, I, Do you I, think it diminishes the, the, the nature of the blockbuster during the home and away? or? I think so. I think it does. I mean, I know Adelaide have Port Adelaide in their... Um, game and West Coast presumably play Fremantle at some point. We do. Point. Our, our last one mm. after this Sydney game is going to be that, but that's really what we, the club request, just so it's they're a not travelling for any state yeah. side. Um, it works out that, but really with a Carlton Collingwood, I suppose if you have a Geelong Hawthorne pre-season blockbuster, it, yeah, it kind of takes away from it, but I suppose the good thing is the fact that they've got Carlton Collingwood going out to these other stadiums that... I suppose it doesn't really benefit because it's not really far out or interstate, but at least I, it gets it out of Melbourne. I guess, on the other hand, it does take these big games out to the country. And, I mean, obviously, Queen, I'm not sure what the capacity at Queen Elizabeth Oval is, but uh, having never been there ever, <laughs> like, mm. been to Bendigo a few times, never been to the Oval up there. Uh, so I'm not sure what the capacity is, but it is sold out. And these big, you know, these big games are big for... Uh, the local communities up there and that's what the first couple of rounds of the NAB Cup or the NAB Challenge are really all about mm. it's worth noting that next week starting with the St Kilda Hawthorne game on Thursday night uh, all games shift to major stadiums uh, Etihad Stadium hosts an awful lot of games coming up um, Metro- got Metricon, Metricon Adelaide, uh, another game Spotless. at the Showgrounds yeah. game at Amy Stadium uh, for some reason uh, yeah, Subiaco gets the West Coast Fremantle at the last game of the uh, pre-season. So. And it'll be interesting to see at the end of this pre-season, pre-season is whether the actual average crowds are higher than last season's pre-season games. Because I don't know if, what it is, but I reckon this year they've had more sellouts or maybe push more games to those regional locations. But well, I, don't I think know normally what done with it, they norm- increased. Mm. I think normally we only play a couple of games at these regional areas, um, and this year, this year we've had 
by the time this is done, there will be 18 games or something played in regional in, in regional uh, cities, which is more than ever. I think last year we only had 18 games mm-hmm. in total. 18 games in 18 days, that's right. And the year before that, I think we broadcast, uh, we had 18, we had like 26 games or something. So this is the most I can recall us having in in uh, regional areas. I think it's a success. Mm. I mean, it's by chance they've maybe found something that works in terms of overall sort of games and the spread and, and the numbers they're getting. And it's all to due to with the uh, fixturing of the World Cup. So yeah. I don't know what it'll be back to next year and what we'll see differently, but hopefully they keep up the tradition of the... Uh, the rural grounds and diff- just different ovals being used, so it's good to see them. And mm. even just from a broadcast point of view, actually seeing games like the the one at Freo Oval was just fantastic to see football there. And mm. commentators were loving it. I'm sure the players like it too. Um, yeah, look, I, I agree there, and it's it's all about pushing the brand out, getting it further out. And even some of the you know metropolitan grounds, for example, um, last weekend at Western Oval. So it's bringing football. It's almost bringing mainstream football back to grassroots and and trying to push the brand out there, which the AFL, I think, is trying to do and overcome the challenge of the soccer where, you know, get the brand out there, get more people coming to the games and, and hopefully uh, build up that uh, that uh, level at the grassroots of getting more kids playing the game. I'm not really sure why we start playing games at Head Stadium in the pre-season. Doesn't is make it a it... commitment to meet certain games per year, maybe? No, that's, that comes out of the main season. Mm. It, it doesn't include the pre-season games, and these these games like, like Melbourne versus Essendon, Richmond, North Melbourne, the Bulldogs in Collingwood. Um, you know these games are all Bulldogs in Collingwood would have been nice to have at the Western Oval. Yeah. Mike, <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right, and I was going to say that from a financial perspective, um, the cost to play games that that he had is is you know, far more detrimental than it is to play it at the local suburban grounds. So mm. one does wonder that must there must be something in the contract between the AFL and the Head Stadium to play a certain amount of games there. And maybe it's a way of uh, the AFL meeting its commitments for the year. So I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. like, the Port Adelaide game at Amy Stadium, that would have been awesome to have at Alberton. I'm still not sure why Port played their last game at Norwood Oval. <laughs> That's just baffling. Carlton Geelong could have been played at Visey Park quite easily. Mm. Or Icon Park or whatever it's called now. Richmond and North Melbourne. Punt uh, Road. Yeah, exactly. Punt Road. And I'm not really sure Punt Road could cope with that. They've, they've done it up a bit and it's a better ground and I think they have planned to do some VFL games possibly, Mike. Do you know if yeah, they, about... Yeah, yeah, there is talk about doing some VFL games at Punt Road. Mm. Um, you know... Melbourne Essendon, I guess it has to be the G uh, at Etihad Stadium, doesn't it? Um, it's, it's well, Windy Hill's certainly not there as an option anymore, is it? Well, Windy Hill's still there. The the club still uses it, I think, for VFL games. So I guess they could use, they could have used that. Actually, could have, yeah, I didn't realise that. Play the game out at Casey if they really wanted to take the game out to the country. But, uh, yeah, so some sellouts this week. I'm surprised at the Sydney Fremantle in Sydney uh, crowd, but um, apparently 500 tickets left for that. Carlton Collingwood is already sold out, as you'd expect. Um, And a few people will travel up to Albury for the Richmond game, I'd suspect, too. 
So, fun stuff. Oh, yeah, that's it for the agenda this week, guys. Do you do you have anything uh, you want to bring up that we haven't already discussed? Mike, you had some uh, issues to do with catering earlier that we had to miss. Oh, look, I was just going to say the, the whole thing with the price reduction for the food at the stadium comes about, I believe, from the AFL mm. uh, relaxing its restrictions on people bringing food into the venues. So, obviously, with, with that, in, with that uh, happening... Um, did you guys hear about that? Yeah, that's what Eddie had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie had. So obviously, obviously they're going to have to come to some sort of arrangement. Otherwise, they're going to lose money. People aren't going to buy the food there if they can just bring it from outside and buy it from the outside vendors. So it's about time, I think. You know, football football has been very expensive for for some time in terms of refreshment. So they need to come down to the level to make it a little bit more affordable. I just I wanted to bring up something about the streaming that's being done. The AFL is doing the streaming. It's their cameras that are being used. This is the originally the camera setup. Uh, I believe they use two cameras, and they overlay it with commentary from SEN or uh, Croc Media, rather. Um, have you, Seppo? You said you've watched the streams before, like the Fremantle stream. Have you? Um, yes, they had to do it last year for a game. I think we played Port Adelaide right down at Port, not Port Lincoln or yeah. Port. Alberton or something like that. There was a, a regional game and it was okay. Um, but gee, you wouldn't want all sort of three of your pre-season games having to listen to a radio feed over a, a simple um, single camera or double camera setup because it certainly doesn't make it for good viewing. It sort of just reminds me of a simple sort of you know state league footy, you know really low height cameras without the same type of uh, viewing. You, you just get a different perspective from trying to watch it. Um, mm. Well, I guess what they're trying to achieve there is to is to show those games to the public that aren't being broadcast on either Fox Footy or, or uh, free to air TV. So, well, originally they weren't going to be broadcast at all. Exactly. The, the exactly. idea was to send these cameras up purely to sound, uh, to do the uh, highlights package mm-hmm. for the AFL website and the club websites afterward. So, I would suspect that when they get around, and I think they will try and put their own streaming in the next uh, in the next broadcast deal. Um, because currently there is no there's no PC or laptop streaming being done in Australia at all. Mm. It's um, and I think the AFL will push that for their website uh, in the next in the next TV deal. We'll get a, get a package like you can for the NFL or yeah. NBA passes and be, have be, an AFL option. Because the Ooh. current the current uh, broadcast deal for Rightster, who does the international broadcasting system. That ends in 2016 when the TV rights are up. Uh, incidentally, so does the VFL broadcast rights. They all end on 2016, so... They're planning something. The <laughs> AFL is going to go big, and, the, and they're going to bring in the women's competition to co- coincide with that. There's going to be a lot of content to go in 2017. And given that no one is streaming in Australia at the moment, I think the AFL is going to do that on their website. And I think they're preparing for that to film it themselves. Well, apart from selling off the TV rights to the, to the games, to, to Fox um, and, and free-to-air, I think AFL retained ownership of all online media content, which would include all streaming. Well, they retain rights to all content, all, mm. all match content. doesn't matter who films it now. Mm. Um, and I think they started doing that when everyone figured out that like Channel 7 and the ABC had just been wiping footage. <laughs> like... 
uh, from their records, like there were there's whole games that no one has access to anymore. Obviously, there's two or three threads threading it out on a board trying to find an old Fremantle Brisbane or Fitzroy game from '95, and no one. This thing's been going for years. No one can seem to find it, even request a game, and they've contacted the clubs directly, and they're just getting nothing. So there are probably games within the last, I suppose, 20 years that just don't exist. Yeah. So the AFL takes. Uh takes ownership of all match footage now and archives it I would believe so but it, it it'd be a nice thing to uh to be able to access whenever you like on your PC or your laptop or whatever at the moment it's the one thing that's lacking from the rights um mm. and, and so especially anything now with the digital age and everyone's more mobile it's just it's what what everyone needs for the future just to get a better option than mm. you know try and force you down to have paid, you know, Foxtel subscriptions and their options for, you know, Foxtel on the go and everything. It just doesn't work for everyone. So hopefully the AFL comes up with a, a package that's pretty good for everyone in the future. It's also and interesting. Quite easily, sorry, quite easily they can uh, come to an agreement arrangement, commercial arrangement with Amazon Cloud, which is which is a cheap option for storage mm. to make it accessible through the internet. It's also interesting to note that they're doing, the AFL website is doing its own streaming shows now that aren't downloadable later. Right, uh, first bounce is done Thursday and Friday mornings. I don't know if any of you have seen any of that because it's literally streamed and then you can't watch it again until the next day. Right. Um, so I think they're setting themselves up to start doing those kind of uh, one-off shows a la the TV that you can't just download later like you can most uh, AFL website content. Yeah. So I think, I think they're setting themselves up for 2016 in a big way. And things are going to change, for the better for us, I think, for most people. But, I, you know, we're still a ways off from that. Anything else, guys, before we wrap up? Nope. Oh, no, this, no, this, this, this might interest you uh, guys, and maybe guys not in touch with the waffle, but would you believe it that... Hold on, his name's just escaped me. Carlton player that now plays for Peel. Bootsmar. Bootsma is part of the leadership group for Peel. I was, I was reading this before, because uh, it was in the West newspaper and it's part of the research I do for, uh, obviously, the podcast. <laughs> he's been made Past deputy vice-captains have just been put to side and he's pumped into the leadership group there. <laughs> deputy vice-captain at Peel, Josh Bootsma. There you go. There so, <laughs> He's yep. <laughs> uh, former former Hawthorne and Swan Districts Dale Garlett has been cleared to Kerry Park despite being in jail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go, fun stuff. Leroy Jetta is also in the le- in the leadership uh, group at the Thunder. So this is this is Fremantle's reserve Second. side. Yep. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Cam Shepard said Bootsman deserve promotion. He's obviously turned himself around then a lot. <laughs> well good on him. <laughs> you'd hope so. You'd hope so. Um if there's nothing else, guys, we'll wrap it up. Thanks very much, uh Seppo. No worries. Glad to be on here and talking footy as we get closer to round one. And uh, good luck on the weekend against the Swans. Yep. Mike Thank you very much for coming on, despite your current incapacities. 
<laughs> That's all right. Not a problem. My pleasure. I'm going to go back now and request a, uh, a hot sponge bath from oh, one of the young nurses here and make the most of it. <laughs> I was going to say, may you have many hot nurses and sponge baths. Uh, and good luck on the weekend with your guys' game against whoever it is. Uh, Melbourne. Melbourne, that's right. In the meantime, on the Wookiee, uh, you can hear me, apparently, on Tribe FM if you're in the Wollonga area <laughs> for about 10 minutes on a Saturday morning, crapping on pretty much about the same stuff I talked about here. Um, you just replay this, couldn't you? No, I pretty much could. <laughs> yeah, it oh, makes about as much sense. But yes, uh, if you're in South Australia and you live in the Wangla area, you can hear me on Tribe FM from uh, 8.30 on Saturday morning. In the meantime, we'll see you all on the forums. <laughs>